0: This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. We are a real church for real people in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. I want you to go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 as you're turning there. Every how you do it, if you have it on uh, your phone, your iPad, open it up, light it up, turn it on, and we're going to jump in here. I'm going to give you a lot of different verses this morning. And you can write them down. I would encourage you to write them down so that you can go back later, read them, study them, get them on the inside of you. But as you're turning there, I just want to say to Pastor Sean and Crystal Gale, man, you guys are absolutely amazing. Christian, I love you. And I really am impressed. I'm not just saying that. I mean, every, everything looks so great. It feels good. And it's one thing to look good, but it's another thing to feel good because not everything that looks good always feels good. You know what I'm saying? Because I've been in some places that look good. I've been around some people that look good, but it didn't feel too good. Are you getting what I'm saying? It feels great in the atmosphere. I believe, I believe in atmospheres. I believe you can set atmospheres. I believe that you can create an environment that's attractive to God. And I believe the way that you create environments that are attractive to God is that you give God what you think he's worth. As a matter of fact, everybody gives God exactly what they think He's worth. To the level that you praise is to the level that you think He's worthy of your praise. To the level that you worship Him is to the level that you think He is worth your worship. And to the level that you give Him what you think He's worth will be to the level that you experience Him because He will always meet you at the level of your expectation. I've discovered this in... I've discovered this, and I'm just going to go with this because I didn't plan any of this, but uh, I've discovered that you can have just as much of God as you want. God doesn't, control, God doesn't control how much of himself that you have. You control how much of God you have. God said, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Sometimes we're expecting God to do what God is requiring us to do, and God's saying, when you'll move, I'll move, and I'll meet you at the point of your expectation." How many of you came in here expecting today? Came in here expecting God to do something in your life? Because I believe that this is a lean-in moment. You know, sometimes people uh, are positioned in an environment that could change their life, but it doesn't necessarily change their life because they they don't understand what the environment is designed to give them. If you'll lean in in these moments, you'll receive everything that the environment is designed to give you, because I believe with all my heart, the fact that he is here, he doesn't leave part of who he is out of himself showing up here. He shows up here with everything that he is, and everything that he is is available to everybody who's willing to lean in and get what he's here to give them. Does that make sense to you? I want to talk to you, I'm going to jump into this subject. I'm excited to talk about we are family. High five the person next to you and say, we're family. I, I love that. We're, we're actually talking from this thought on all three of our locations. All three of our locations we're talking about. We're family. You know, and I was thinking about this as we are, are flowing off of this, this thought, we are family. I, 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 thought, I thought to myself, I, I said, when, when we talk about family, that, that brings up different types of emotions for different people. For some people, you hear the word family and, and, and they get good feelings, there are warm, warm thoughts, There are good thoughts that rise up in their heart and in their mind when they hear the word family. Some people, when you hear the word family, it, it, brings, up, it brings up feelings of hurt or feelings of pain, they, they feel negative emotions, they have negative thoughts. When I think about family, when I think about family, I, I think about my grandmother's house. When when I when I, I spent a lot of time growing up with my grandmother, my mother, I have a, had an awesome mother. My mother's graduated to heaven and I'll see her one day. My mother was a, an awesome lady and she did the best that she could. She was 15 years old when I was born. And so I kind of grew up in that type of environment. So I spent a lot of time growing up with my grandparents. And and my grandmother particularly cuz my grandfather passed away at an earlier age and my grandmother my grandma was the only person who never she never shut the door never pushed me away never locked me out it didn't matter what i was doing or where i was at or what was going on in my life i knew that if i could get to my grandmother's house everything was going to be all right i just had one of those grandmothers, it would always open up the door. She always gave me a bed. She always gave me something to eat. When I was living in Hollywood, struggling with cocaine addiction, I, I had some friends from Alabama that showed up out here and they said, let's hop in the car and go for a ride. I didn't know they meant let's go back to Alabama. And I realized it when we, when we're out in the middle of the desert, I'm like, we're going in the wrong direction. I showed up in Alabama and my grandmother didn't know I was coming, but I knocked on her door. And when I knocked on the door, she opened it up and I said, surprise. But she welcomed me in. Regardless of what was going on in my life, she always welcomed me in. Other people didn't, and, and I understand why they didn't, because they were afraid if, if, they, if they allowed me to come in, that they would be enabling me to continue the way I was. But my grandmother didn't necessarily enable me, but she did demonstrate to me what I didn't understand at that time, but I do now, looking back over, it was the love of God. The love of God that would unconditionally accept me and love me without enabling me. Because my grandmother never empowered me to continue to live my life of dysfunction and making the bad choices that I was making. But she always demonstrated to me a love that I didn't understand until I met the author of love. I can look back and I can see where my grandmother was demonstrating that to me. Isn't that the way the house of God should be? Isn't that the way church should be? Church should be a lot like my grandmother's house. Church should be an environment that when life isn't going well, it is a place that you feel like if I can just get there, everything's going to be all right. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't feel that about church, but I believe that that's what God really intends and desires for church to be. And I love the fact that this church is that, that this church is a church that you don't have to have it all together to come in here. And if you come in here, you don't have to pretend like you got it all together. You can be authentic about where you are and who you are and what's going on in your life because to the level of your transparency will be to the level that God can heal you. Sometimes you got to have some place and somebody that you can get around and say, hey, I'm hurting. I'm bleeding. I got some stuff going on in my life. I don't got it all together. I'm broken. I need somebody to reach a hand out to me. I need somebody open up a door. I need somebody to invite me in. I need somebody to sit down at a table with me and have a meal and eat a dinner and speak into my life and say, I'm going to help you get through this. I think church ought to be that way. And I'm glad this church is that way. So I want to jump into this right here. I want to jump in to Acts chapter two in just a moment. And 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 I want to say this because a lot of times, a lot of times when you use the word church, you know, people think of a building. And sometimes we say, look, we're going to go to church. I I said, hey Christy, we're going to go to church in LA. I told her, we're going to go to church in LA. And there's nothing wrong with saying that you're going to go to church, but the reality is the truest sense of the word church is not a building. Church isn't a building. We are the church. Church isn't an organization or an institution. You know, some people think that churches are denominations. And nothing wrong with organizations and denominations, but the reality is the truest sense of the church isn't any of those things. The truest sense of the church in God's perspective is family. Church means family. To God, when he says church, he he, he means family. And so Acts chapter two, I wanna I wanna uh, I want to jump in here, and this this will all make sense in in a few moments. Verse 41 and 42, and then we're going to jump down to verse 46. Uh, I'm going to read uh, the NLT version. It says, Those who believed were baptized and added to the church. They joined with the other believers and committed themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship." They worshiped together regularly at the temple courts and met in small groups, verse 46, and met in small groups in homes for communion and shared meals with great joy and thankfulness. Now let me break this down. Can I do a little teaching? It said those who believed. I think at at the most basic level, God desires to be believed. Being a believer is not a title or a substitute for saying I'm a Christian. Being a believer should be a manifestation of who we are at the most foundational level in our walk with God. We're believers. We we believe that He is who He says He is and that He has done what He says He's done for us and that we can become who He says we can become and we can do what He says we we can become. I believe that God desires to be believed. Everybody desires to be believed. If you you tell somebody something, you you want to be believed. And so we're, we're first and foremost called believers. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, you become a believer. We believe in Him. We believe His Word. We believe we are going to become what He says we're going to become. We believe that we're going to do the things that He's said we're going to do. So number one, you see those who believe. Those who believe implies not everybody believes, but some people believe. It's not that everybody can't believe. It's just that not everybody will believe. It says those who believe were baptized. Somebody shout, baptized. Now, right here in in the context of this, it's talking about water baptism. There are three different baptisms in Scripture. The first baptism is when you give your life to Jesus Christ. You're baptized into the body of Christ. Second baptism is water baptism. Third baptism is Holy Spirit baptism. So right here it's making reference to water baptism. Ba- baptism actually means, the Greek word means to immerse. Now if you got at some point in your history, if you were just sprinkled and a little dabble, do you, well more power to you. But for some people like me, we needed to be immersed. I didn't just need a little bit of a baptism. I needed to be saturated In my baptism. I needed to go under. And the reason we immerse people in baptism is because the Bible says that when John the Baptist baptized Jesus, Jesus is the example of everything, don't you think? And so Jesus set the example and Jesus himself said in Mark that we are to go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe everything that he has taught us. So Jesus said, you're to do this. And so when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, the Bible says he came up out of the water. To come up out of means you had to go under. So he went under the water and came out of the water. Baptism is more than just symbolism. It is symbolism, but it's more than symbolism. Baptism is a picture of your commitment to Jesus baptism is a picture of your old person being put to death because when you give your life to Jesus Christ the Bible says the old man passes away and all things become brand new Bible says you're supposed to put off that old nature and to put on that new nature it's something he tells us to do he doesn't make you get baptized he doesn't make you put off the old nature he doesn't make you put on the new nature But he instructs you to do it. He provides grace for you to do it. He gives you the power of the Holy Spirit to walk it out. He gives you instructions. He gives you power. He gives you help to do those things. If you've never been baptized in water, I would encourage you to do that, to take that next step. It's very important. Because the the water represents the grave. It represents you're putting the old man in the grave and the old person that you used to be isn't gonna live in your life any longer. And when you come up out of the water, you're making a public declaration that you're gonna live by the grace of God, the spirit of God, the power of God. You're gonna walk with Jesus from this point forward. It's what it represents, baptism. So they believed they were baptized and it said, and they were added to the church says they joined with other believers they joined with other believers and committed themselves to the apostles teaching and fellowship they were committed to gathering around truth it's so important that that you're willing to embrace truth and gather around truth because unfortunately we live in a time where a lot of people just decide what they want to believe and don't want to believe because if at any one point of the scripture, it is authentic and real, then all of it is or none of it is. And if none of it is, we ought to all throw our Bibles in the trash and go home. Because if any one part of it's a lie, then all of it's a lie. So they gathered around truth. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. It's not It's not just It's not just having an intellectual uh, comprehension of truth. It's, It's embracing truth to such a way that the truth goes from just being in your head to getting your heart and changing your life and setting you free as a result of you embracing truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so they they gathered around this truth and they fellowshiped with each other and they worshiped together regularly at the temple court or at church. This was a normal part of their life. This is a pattern. This is a New Testament pattern for all New Testament Christians. There was a consistency in them gathering together in the temple court in church. I want to encourage you as we start out the new year to make it a regular habit that you're gonna gather together in the context like we're gathered this morning saying we're gonna come together and we're gonna worship God because God is worthy for me to make that kind of commitment. It is the pattern of the scriptures and so we're gonna follow the pattern so we can obtain the results. So they gather together and they worship God. Sometimes people say, well I don't have to go to church to worship God. And I reply back to them, I don't have to go to church to worship God either. I worship God by myself all the time. If the only time you ever worship God is when you come to church, you don't have a very deep life of worship. And I understand you may be new to this thing and that's okay. Everybody's got to start out somewhere because Christianity is kind of like the community Olympic pool. You got the shallow end and you got the deep end. The longer you've been swimming in it determines which end you get in. Some people go straight for the high dive Other people are walking down the steps in the shallow end. But they got the goal of getting into the deep end. It's important though, it's important that we gather together on a regular basis because there's something about gathering with other people that are part of the family of God to uplift and to worship Jesus that does something for you that you can't get when you just worship God by yourself. And I've had some incredible experiences by myself. I remember one time when I was in my living room on my knees worshiping God after my family had gone to bed, I had the most incredible encounter with God. It was like I forgot everything about everything. I forgot the position I was in. I forgot uh, what was going on. I don't know how much time I spent in, in that place with God. It was just like as I worshiped God, God's presence got stronger and stronger. And I lost awareness of the natural realm and became so clued into the fact that he was there that everything else just faded away. So you can have powerful experiences worshiping God by yourself, but there's something about gathering together. I think it does something for the heart of God. A couple of weeks ago, my whole family, we got together because there were a couple of birthdays in my family. My daughter-in-law had a a birthday and my son had a birthday and we, we went to Benihana. It seemed like everybody goes to Benihana for a birthday. And I was sitting there at that table watching everybody and I thought, this is really cool. It made me feel good to have all my family together. And I remember having the thought how boring it would be if I was sitting there by myself. Just me and my chopsticks. <laughs> and the cook. And watching people I didn't know kiss each other. That, that wouldn't be a lot of fun. But it, it, it made me feel good having all of them there. I believe when we gather together and worship Jesus, he looks at us corporately and he says, I like it when my family gathers together. Maybe you never had that growing up, but you can have it now. Maybe you never had a grandmother's house that you could go to on Sunday afternoon, have pot roast, mashed potatoes, cornbread. But you got a spiritual family now. Some of you, I saw the expression on your face change when I said pot roast mashed potatoes and cornbread. I'm like, hurry up, get this service over. I'm ready to go now. But it said they worshiped God together regularly in the temple courts and, and met in small groups in homes for communion and they shared meals with great joy and thankfulness. They met together outside of the context of just this environment. They got connected. Somebody shout, get connected they got connected, they went beyond just because it's one thing to show up and worship God together because you can, you can you can put your best front on when you come into this place just like this you can say I'm highly favored, blessed coming in and going out, peace hallelujah, I'm out but there's something about getting in relationships with people where you can take the mask off and be authentic and be real with somebody That's why our church is, the mission, the vision of our church is called Real, Reaching, Equipping, Aligning, and Legacy, but the subtitle is We're a Real Church for Real People, meaning you don't have to try to pretend or act like you're something that you're not. You've got to have people in your life where you can bear your soul and be authentic with because when you're in the context of family, then you can get the help and the support that you need so that you can walk out life and become everything that God has designed for you to become. Many of you, like I heard Pastor Sean mention, he's leading a financial connect group. People's financial life is gonna become better. I think it's something like 75, maybe 80% of all marriages that are encountering trouble, it's because of money problems. Well, guess what? Because there's accountability and relationship and support and help to walk out a process people's marriages are going to get better because their finances are getting better. Whatever connect group you're a part of, there's just something about connecting with other people that are authentic with where they are in their walk with God and saying, "Hey, we want to take the next step. We want to take a look. we want to go deeper with God. Let's do it together. I'll help you and you help me. We'll overcome and we'll become what God has called us to become." I think God intends for church to be like that. Don't you? So why is church so important? Why is church so important? Number one, I've said it. It's because it's God's family. Say that with me. Say, we're God's family. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, God has given us the privilege of being born again so that we are now members of God's own family. We're members of God's own family. We're, we're not the family... We're not the totality of the family, just like no one individual is the family within themselves. They're just a member within the family, but they make up the family. We're family. We need each other. And God says we're family. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 4 and 5 says, Just as He has chosen us, somebody shout, I'm chosen. Just as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him and love, having predestined us to adoptions, to adoption as, as sons or as family members. By Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. He chose us. He chose us. He chose you. Touch the person next to you and say, he chose you. And some of you, some of you are probably having a hard time with the concept of being chosen by God because you're not even sure that you like you. And because if you're not even sure that you like you, you're having problems understanding how somebody as incredible as God could like you because you don't like you. Can, can, I'm going I'm to just step into this and, and go, the enemy is going to constantly try to challenge your identity and your position. Remember when Jesus was led by the Spirit of God out into the wilderness? That he was tempted by Satan. And the first two times he was tempted by Satan, Satan said to him, If you are the Son of God, then turn this stone into bread. If you are the Son of God, then jump off this high peak because has not God said. In essence, what he was doing was challenging his identity and his position. I mean, who in the world would walk up to Jesus, the Son of God, God manifested in the flesh, all God? Who would walk up to God and challenge Him to be who He is? And if Satan will challenge the identity of God Himself, what makes you think he won't try to challenge you? In your identity, in your position in the family. The reason so many people have a hard time connecting today is because they're dealing with an orphan spirit. An orphan spirit is working to try to make you feel like you don't fit in, you don't belong. I guarantee you there are people in this room right now that are wondering, can I fit in? There are people in this room right now that are struggling with emotions I don't fit in when actually God has made provision for you to fit in. And God is actually inviting you to belong to his family and to belong to an environment like this, but you have a negative emotions telling you that you don't belong. When actually God has got his arms wide open and there's a house full of people, connect groups all over the place that are saying, come on, you belong. It's an orphan spirit that's working that tries to get you to just float around never connected because you're afraid that if anybody sees the real you, they're not going to like you. And that's hard work to always walk around with a front on, isn't it? When you get in relationships with people, there comes a point where they begin to see who you really are. And the deeper your relationships go, the, the more authentic or the more real you they really see is you. And sometimes we're afraid for people to go there because we know some of the things that are there are not necessarily things that we like. And we don't want them to see that because we're afraid if they see that, that they're going to reject us. So we have an orphan spirit where we just drift around never fitting in. Because what Satan said, if you are the son of God, if you are, if you're really the son of God, what he was saying was, if you're a real Christian, then you would do this. Or if you're a real Christian, you wouldn't be behaving like that. How many of you have ever felt like, I'm not a good Christian? Come on, get real up in here. There ever been moments in your life where you're like, I don't feel like I'm a very good Christian right now. As if somehow, whatever it is that you've gone through or going through, somehow took you out of your position in the family. I've never not felt like I didn't belong at my grandmother's house. It didn't matter what was going on in my life. I knew that if I could get to my grandmother's house, I always felt like I belonged at her house. Whether I was struggling with addiction or doing good, it didn't matter. I always felt like I belonged, even when I didn't feel good about what was going on in my life. You belong in the family of God. Somebody shout, I belong. And so so you have to see he chose you and he knew exactly who he was choosing before he chose you. So there's nothing about you that could have caught him off guard and make him second guess the fact that he chose you. And if God chose you, why shouldn't we choose you? If God's not rejected you, why should we reject you? We should accept the same people that he's accepted. We should love the same people that he loves. With his acceptance. in Because we are the expression of who he is. We are to be people just like my grandmother. When they they show up opening up the door and saying, come on in. You're chosen. You may not feel very good right now because of what you've been going through. But you hang out here long enough. I'm going to get health back into you. We're going to get you into a place where you've never been before. You're going to experience life at a level you've never experienced before. Because you belong. Because that's what family does. Family helps nurture and family helps lift up people. Family supports. Family's a foundation. First Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, the last part of that says that, that we are the family, that, that family is the church of the living God, the support and foundation of truth. Two things that he says that family is its support and its foundation. Living here in Southern California, we know the importance of foundation because the ground shakes sometimes. If you don't have a good foundation and you build on something that doesn't have a strong foundation in the ground shake, well, whatever you build on, it'll come tumbling down. Families to be like a foundation. It's to be a support system. It's what you build from. It's where you find help. How many of your lives have gotten better since you've gotten into a connect group and you've done life with other people since you've become part of a family? Your life has gotten better. Let me hear from you. Come on, somebody. I want to encourage you to make yourself vulnerable and be willing to be... Take that, take that risk and take that step and get into an environment. And I'm not saying you have to tell everything about everything you've ever been through or done and to everybody right, right off the very, from the very beginning. But at least give this thing a shot. Get into an environment and see where the connections are so you can develop a relationship. And the beautiful thing is about the family of God, you've got to be willing to connect with people that are different from you. I love God's family. I love thee. I love God's, the fact that God's family, everybody's not just alike. Aren't you glad we don't all have on khaki pants and or doctors and, and t- top sider shoes? Don't you love the diversity? Because in the family of God, see, see, some people get hung up on those type of things. And I'm not saying that you should be embarrassed of your ethnicity. Or your gender, male, female. But the reality is in the kingdom of God, it's not about whether you're black or white or Hispanic or Middle Eastern or Asian. Or whether you're a man or a woman, it's not about that in the kingdom of God. The Bible says in the kingdom of God, (coughs) it's not those things because we're all one in Christ Jesus. We're all family. Touch the person next to you and say, we're all family. And and I could just hear somebody's thoughts right now. But I, I don't like everybody in my family. Well, every family tree has some sap in it. You ever show up to the, the family reunion or that once a time Thanksgiving dinner and you see that crazy cousin that you don't want anybody to know is your cousin? So church is, church is a, it's a family. It's a place where you belong. It's a place where you find support. It's a place where you find help. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 21 says, To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus from genera- uh, to all generations forever and ever. Meaning this thing's going to last forever. The only thing that's going to last forever is the family of God. And I think sometimes we make a bigger investment in things that are temporal or things that are temporary, things that are perishing, things that won't last forever. I think, oh, thank you. Appreciate that. That, that seem like I need it. All right. <laughs> to help y'all out. I don't want to torture y'all. Sometimes we make investments... <clears throat> We make investments in things that are temporary life. We put all of our energy and our effort into the house we're going to live in, or into the car that we're going to drive. And and nothing, nothing wrong with that. I, I, hope, I hope that is a priority to you that 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 you work and in you you have goals for your life. But that's not the most important thing. I've had I've had the I've had the privilege. you not say it is a privilege, a heartbreaking privilege. But I've had the privilege to. Uh, Literally help people transition from this life into the life to come. I've I've met with people and prayed with people and visited people on a daily basis on the last stretch of their life here in this life. I've, 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 I've sat beside people's beds holding their hands as they took their last breath. I've watched people. I've watched people's life go out of them. I've experienced moments where it felt like angels were in the room out of all the people that I've ever helped transition from this life into the life to come I have never had one person say, now you make sure my house gets taken care of I've never had one person want to make sure their car was parked in the driveway but I have had people say is my son here is my daughter here is my wife here All they wanted in the room in that moment was their family. Family is the most important thing. There's nothing more important than family. God has given you a spiritual family. And that family is to be a support system and a foundation to help you grow. I have some of the best relationships that I've ever had as a result of a spiritual family. The gentleman that led me to to the Lord. He is my spiritual dad to this day. He is a support system for me. He literally has been like a foundation in my life. Provided an environment that was like a foundation in my life. I am who I am today because of the relationships that I have in my spiritual family. I am more who I am today because of my spiritual family than I am because of my biological family. The greatest greatest version of you to come out of you can only be discovered when you get into a spiritual family that supports you to open up and allow you to work through the things that you've got to work through so that you can become what you're capable of of becoming. Because nobody will become what they're capable of becoming without the right support system in their life. Some people ask me, why'd you cut all your hair off? Your hair was kind of like everybody knew you by your hair. I said, well, Alabama lost the championship. So I went into a morning and shaved my hair. But Clemson obviously had a great coach and they had a great team. And, and, and the thing is that no team would be their best without a coach, without a support system. You need a support system. Have you ever had somebody in your life challenge you when you wanted to stop or quit or give up or just accept something the way it was and not and you, you really didn't want to make a decision to work through the hard thing in your life? And everything doesn't have to be hard, but sometimes we just settle for okay when life can be better than okay. Sometimes people feel like, you know, to change, something has to be bad to change. And fortunately, because we're creatures of habit, you know, we... we God will have to dry up the brook from bringing what we need to survive so that we'll be willing to get up and go to where he wants us to go. But we don't have to wait for the brook to dry up to get up and go to do what he's called us to do. We can just say God's got better than he's had for me right now in this season. So therefore, I'm going to do what's necessary to change so that I can experience better in the next season. You can have people in your life that encourage you to take that step so that you can become the better you that God has designed for you to become. I guarantee you, you can meet a you in the future that you didn't even know existed. I would have never imagined that there was a preacher hiding on the inside of me. When I was living in Hollywood, chopping out big lines of cocaine and getting high and staying up for two and three days at a time, who would have ever thought that there was a preacher hiding on the inside of that person? Somebody had showed up and said, you're a preacher. I would have thought you're hallucinating. You've been at the building next door to the sanctuary, LA, on a Saturday night. You, you, you're going to be blown away when you discover what you're capable of becoming, and you'll never, you'll never discover what you're capable of becoming without the right support system and family. Somebody shout, Get Connected. So it's one so important. He uses an uh, he uses an uh, architectural term when he says church is like a family, a foundation. It's a support, not not like a family. He said it is a family. It's what you build from. Somebody shout I'm building. Church is church family. Family is uh, church family. It's it's the greatest privilege. I, I was struggling because I. In my mind, because I kept I kept trying to say, church is one of the greatest privileges. Church family, one of the greatest privileges. it's not one of the greatest privileges. It is the greatest privilege. Being a part of God's family is the greatest privilege. There's no greater privilege than being a part of his family. It's so important, it's more important than anything else in this world. You've got to be willing to put yourself into environment that may not be comfortable and you can't allow your past to determine your future, you gotta be willing to get in an environment like a connect group and connect to some people maybe that you've never met before because they're some of the best people you're ever gonna meet in your life in those connect groups and they're just waiting for you to show up because you're gonna bring something that's gonna make their life better and they're gonna give you something that's gonna make your life better. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Somebody shout, get connected. I want to invite the musicians to come back up. Uh, uh, I want to. I want to give it a shot. Can I sing a song? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. If I sing a song, the Holy Spirit would say, "I'll fly away." That's what he would say. I want everybody. I want. I want them all to come back up here. I want. I want the dude up here that has got his. Uh, looks like a. Looks like a bong pipe, and uh, I'm just kidding. I always, I always joke with this dude. He's an awesome guy. He's like a mad scientist up here, isn't he? What about the singers? Can they come back to Because you don't want me to sing. Because I want to. I want to. Uh, hey, I was blown away. What. Uh, I can't. Her name slipped in my mind right there. Andrea. Yeah, well, I, can, I remember the first time you ever sang over when we were on Spring Street. And. And I was just watching you right here, I was like, wow, look at that girl. She's not even like, I, you look the same, but you're not the same. It's amazing the way she was singing. Y'all, if y'all weren't around at Spring Street when we were in the Alexandria Hotel, y'all don't know what y'all missing. Y'all don't know what you're missing. We didn't have air conditioner, we didn't have heater. We had birds flying through the room. There was holes up in the ceiling. It, we'd be worshiping God or preaching, and a bird would just start flying around the room. It's crazy. It's crazy. We, we, uh, we de ghosted the building because the building, there was some freaky dudes living in that place. I'm just telling you. Like, we'd, I'd go walking around, there's like zombies and crazy folks up there. But we've come a long ways. Y'all have come a long ways. And it blows me away because here you are. You got a church family. Look how happy you look. You look happy. You got a church family. And this dude back here on the base, he's always quiet. It's a family. And John and his wife. I, I remember when y'all first started coming. And now look at them. They're leaders in the house of God. Family. Daniel, I remember when you first started coming. Man, you've grown up too, man. You you're you're like you're like you you're like a man now. You know? <laughs> you are? Yeah. We're family. And and I can't remember this dude's name right here. What what is it? One, yeah, one man, he, that dude, I, every single place, you know, every single place that the church would go to, he's faithful, always showing up. Got a family, man. Family, family. Love you, man. That's what church is. It's a family, it's a place. It's like my grandmother's house. I can't wait to get there. It's the way it ought to feel. It's like, you, you ought to feel like, I can't wait to get into that place. Touch the person next to you and say, we're family. Let, let me tell you what family does. Family does some things. I want, I want to tell you when, you, when you belong to a church family, I want to give you four things real quick. Number one, it will help you focus on God. When you're going through a hard time, because when you go through a hard time, it's hard, it's hard not to focus on the hard time. When you go through a hard time, you want to think about what you're going through. But family helps you to refocus your attention on God so that you can get through what you're going through. Because if you just focus on what you're going through, it could cause you to get stuck. But if you focus on the right things, when you go through the wrong things, you'll come out the other side. Because the reality is we all going to go through some things from time to time. Because it rains on the just and the unjust. We're not in heaven yet. Heaven's not come here yet. So, you're gonna face some stuff sometimes. Number two, it helps you face life's problems. Number three, it'll help, let me just say this it'll help you face life's problems in the sense because sometimes problems will make you wanna give up and quit. Sometimes you'll be like, I'm done with this. I've had enough of this. My life be better by myself. My life be better not being a part of that or not trying to do that. I just sit down and quit and shut up. But when you got a church family, it'll help you face life's problems. Because I guarantee if you'll work through the problems when they come, you'll be better when you get to the other side of the problems. Number three, it will help strengthen your faith. When you're part of a church family, it'll strengthen your faith. Your faith in God will get stronger. Your faith to do what God's called you to do will get stronger. You will believe that you can do what God said you can do because you've got a church family giving you support, saying, come on, I'm praying for you. Come on, I'm walking with you. Come on, I'm beside you. Come on, I got you lifted up. God is going to help you. God is going to get you through this thing. Number four, it will help you find your place to make a difference. I believe it's the innate desire in every single person to know that their life counts. And God created you on purpose, with a purpose. Not one of you are a mistake. Not one of you caught God off guard, regardless of how you got here. My mom was 15 years old when I was born. God created me on purpose, with a purpose. God created you on purpose, with a purpose. Somebody shout, I got a purpose. purpose. When you're part of a church family, you find your place. You can serve on the dream team. There's nothing better than get to the end. How do you feel when you get to the end of the day? Once you've been up here just worshiping, and you feel good, you feel blessed? You look blessed. You really do. You look, I mean, I was glad you were coming when you first started coming. But you look blessed now. Y'all look blessed. All y'all look blessed. But you know when you when you begin to live out purpose, it feels good. It feels like, man, my life counts. It's like whether you vacuum in the carpet, straightening the chairs, or hugging somebody's neck, or shaking somebody's hand, or checking in a kid and painting something or whatever you're part of a family whether it's I love my city we're going to go out and love on the city we're going to give out snacks we're going hug, to hug people we're going to shake hands we're going to pray over people when you do that it's like I'm living my life on purpose it feels good you don't just aimlessly wander around because when you're part of a church family your church family is not just going to let you aimlessly wander around it's like why are you wandering off over there get back over here here, while we're worshiping, here's what came to my mind right here, and I gotta say this, because you know, depending on where you are when you come into the family, determines determines the expectation. And and uh, so let me let me get my mind around it. So so when you come into the family of God, think about this. The same way. The same way you're birthed into this world, the natural world, you're, you, you, you're birthed into it. And, and the same thing is you're birthed into the spiritual family when you give your life to Jesus. When, when somebody is a, is a newborn, you don't expect them. You don't expect them to go in the kitchen and make their own breakfast. When babies show up, you, you baby proof the environment. You put away sharp, sharp pointed things. You get all kinds of little things to keep the cabinet drawers tied together so they can't open them up. And when they start walking, I remember when my kids started walking, I would get down on my knees and I would go, come on, come on, come on. And I'd clap and then and they were trying to walk. And then when it fall down, when it fall down, I never condemned them for them falling down. Matter of fact, I celebrated their attempts at trying to walk. I'm like, that's so good. You took a step. You took, a, you took two steps. Get back up. You can do it. You're going to take three next time. Come on. The church world can, the church world, we're not th- like this, but oftentimes some people think in the church world, now that you give your life to Jesus, you should never stumble and you should never fall. And if people do fall or do stumble, we condemn them, judge them, point a finger at them rather than celebrating. That was so awesome. You took two steps. You're not where you started. You're farther than when you started out. Get back up. You're going to take five steps this next time. Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast. Tune in again next week and stay awesome and be blessed.